and you might want to play with an international market. Well, how are you doing that? And do you want to work with trade? Well, then you've got to explain what trade is, and so people don't even know that. Mm. So I've got a presentation ready to go. I have to keep it really simple, walking them through what trade is and what the benefit is. Mm -hmm. And I've had to learn quite quickly that I start with, well, why work with trade? And the minute you say, well, if you want visitors from the United States, 70% of them will book through a travel agent. So it might be all well and good that you're doing amazing SEO and amazing social media, mm. but hang on, that's only 30% of the people that might book the holiday yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. So instantly that kind of goes the why. Kia ora everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Tourism Chat Show. It's great that you've joined us once again and today we have a fabulous episode lined up just for you if you are looking to go to trends next year. Now I know we're talking about it early but hey we have to get organized don't we? There's a lot that goes into putting an event like this together and so therefore the registrations are already open for sellers. So if you haven't thought about trends for next year, if you've never been to trends before, this is the episode that you want to tune into. Today we have a very special guest in studio. It's not very often my guests get to join me in person, but we have Lou from Destination Rotorua. Rotorua NZ. Rotorua NZ, sorry. It's okay, Lou. we've had a little rebrand a few times now. <laughs> oh, You're excellent. not the first person to say that. <laughs> well, how about you introduce yourself? <laughs> oh, kia ora. So yeah, great to be here in the studio. I thought there was going to be gin, but maybe that's later. That's later. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so Lou Baddeley and I am the international manager at the RTO or Regional Tourism Organisation that is now known or currently known as Rotorua NZ. So my role is primarily to work with international travel trade. Perfect. And we're here to talk about trends today. And trends last year was your very first time. It was. People think I'm an old piece of the furniture. Exactly, they do, because you are everywhere. So tell us, <laughs> what was it like to attend trends for the very first time, and particularly after the gap? Of three years. Yeah, so yes, yeah, so I started in 2019. And of course, we know what happened not long after November 2019. So yeah, it was my first. And I think it was intimidating. And then it was overwhelming. And then I got there and went, oh, this is actually really straightforward. And what I mean by that was, as I'd had, I think, so many people building trends up, and I'd listened to all your <laughs> podcasts, and I think I made it bigger than Ben-Hur in my head, and I'd talked to so many people about what to expect. And then in between all of that, I'd gone to a number of offshore sales calls or done Kiwi links, and you know how much energy they zap, especially mm. when you've got travel on top. So by the time I got to trends and went, oh, I just go to the one place all day, and I sit in the same place. And I'm quite good at talking and I just have to talk nonstop all day to different people that are really awesome. I was surprised that it wasn't this mountain that I thought it would be. So I think the short story is, is I found it quite awesome. And I thought it was really amazing that all of these people that you connect with all over the world were actually all in one place. Mm. And for me as an RTO to turn around and there's all of the operators by and large that I'm talking about, it made it a lot easier to connect with people because they're there in front of you, they're in your place, and you've got all of your tourism operators there. So, you know, it doesn't just start at the appointment and finish at the appointment. You've got all of those epic networking activities. So I thought, all in all, to be all in one place and have all of that unfold was just so much easier than tripping all around the world. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yes, you only had to pack a little suitcase for one location rather than different um 
temperatures and everything else and worry about suitcases getting lost on the plane yeah, which obviously luggage tag needed yeah. to go to, to go to crush it yes yeah exactly so is there anything that you do differently this year going back as a, a second obviously you're working for an rto which has been going to trends for mm. many many years but personally is there anything that you'll do differently for next year at trends based on what you learned this year Oh, and I suppose at a really practical level, we'll have a double appointment stream. Mm-hmm. We had a single appointment stream last year, which wasn't enough. So I think another one or another half and having someone that's got some other language capabilities on there, particularly whether it be Korean, Japanese or Mandarin. Mm-hmm. So I'd do that differently. I would ensure that I've slept a lot leading up to it, which is really hard when you're doing pre-trends for mills. I think I was pretty well prepared and organised. So I wouldn't necessarily say that's different, but I would... The approach that I took to get ready for trends, I would repeat that and up that a little bit more, but I'll explain what you mean. You're probably going to ask me a question to unpack that. Yeah. No, it's interesting because you mentioned the for mills pre and post trends, and that's something that RTOs have a lot more involvement in than, say, the rest of the sellers mm. and operators. Like we might host a group for one particular trip, but obviously for you're... For two or three hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you're with them for a lot longer than that. So that yeah. does extend your trends experience. Yeah, it does. And, you know, you can be hosting a for mill for 11 or 12 hours. So shout out to the RTO people that are sitting here listening to this going, I know what you're talking about there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And were you surprised by anything that actually happened at Trends? Was there something that happened for you or for Rotorua or any of your operators that you thought, wow, didn't expect that to to come off? I think I, I kind of lost sight that the appointments that I had, I kind of figured, I guess, that they would be meeting with all of my relevant operators or the operators that were relevant to Mm -hmm. them and what I was surprised about because I'd start a conversation with someone and I'll use Pure Cruise as an example so they've obviously got a new Airstream which is going to be this fantastic I'll save you the features and benefits but a a new fantastic (laughs) Airstream with an electric motor that'll be on lap road to ET shortly and so Matt was there having his appointments at Pure Cruise and then I would talk to someone who's quite a well-known bespoke luxury operator that specializes in off the beaten track and when you sort of talk about quickly you know, who are you meeting that's here today? And I would gesture around the the stand. I'd realised that there was quite a few people that they might not have met. Mm. And so I guess what surprised me was, oh, I'm not doing the same old, same old. I'm actually quickly finding out who they have and haven't met with. And I guess that's one piece of preparation I'll do more of. Mm-hmm. Who are my operators meeting with? I knew yep. that, but hadn't done enough research, I think. And so then I became, I guess, a sieve or a colander mm. to catch and go, cool. And the brilliant thing about an RTO is, is we can do an update on a product or a business in two or three minutes so they can get a condensed version so we can whiz through a lot of things. So, yeah, I think I was surprised by probably sellers meeting some of the same old, same old, and therefore realised that my job was actually to keep talking about the the new, new but then they wouldn't be meeting with someone that I thought they would, you know, one of their crown jewels, for example, so yes. I picked that appointment up. So I guess what surprised me was the, the opportunity. Mm. Yeah. Hmm, Cool. And how do you go about selecting and ranking the sellers that you want to see? So I get them all on an Excel spreadsheet, although I found that impossible this year. Mm. I don't know whether that was a low problem and I'm a bit special 
which we know I am. <laughs> but ordinarily, I would have had them all on a spreadsheet and gone through and highlighted probably gold, silver, bronze. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm a massive fan in this industry of phoning a friend because I'm still relatively new-ish to trade. And so I picked up the phone on multiple occasions and my operators have just got phenomenal wealth of knowledge. So I'd ring Adam at Poya, Sean mm-hmm. at Poya, old mate Bruce at Tree Walk. Yeah. I think I picked up the phone and rang Linda in Queenstown, Kerry from Southern Discoveries and just said, hey, I've only got a certain amount of appointments and here's the people that I'm thinking of meeting and why, have I got this right? Mm-hmm. Or what would you recommend? And Scotty at Hell's Gate, for example, so I kind of struggle trying to understand which should be the priority focus for me if I'm talking about China. Mm. And just to say to him, here's who I could meet. If I could only have seven of these appointments, which ones would you meet with if you were me and why? Just mm-hmm. keep it real easy. Because yeah. we all know I don't, you know, I can zone out if there's too much intel. And so I just use the people to guide me to decide. Yeah. But yeah, starting with what I knew and then the gaps that I didn't, phoning a friend. And I, I recall picking up the phone to some of the ITOs and going, help, you know, guide me. So yeah, we can yeah. yourself. Oh, the other one, the tech portal. Yes. The Tourism Export Council, the membership there. Mm-hmm. I'm on there probably twice a day, but I had that on an open screen constantly <laughs> while I was doing my appointments. <laughs> yeah. Because you go into trends, of course, for us going, well, what are the markets we want to play in? What kind of visitor is really important to us as a destination? You know, based on all of the great DMP work that we've done, sort of all of that goes into a filter before you narrow it down and mm. phone your friends and yeah ask for help yeah that's really good advice actually because that's similar to what we were talking about last year on the episodes around how to prepare for trends and getting the right people into your appointment stream but yeah that finding a friend is actually a a really handy one and I know I worked with a few operators from Topo that were heading to trends for the first time and just helped work out who they were targeting because obviously it's nice to sit there and say, well, we know that these guys are the big operators and they're big sellers, but if they're not interested in your type of experience or they don't even come to our region, for example, Correct. there's no point in, in having that appointment. With them. And I learned that lesson um, a couple of years ago once the borders first opened and I heard about an offshore um, business that I thought would be a really good fit for us. And fast forward to they don't come to trends. They're not Tourism Export Council members, mm-hmm. but I went and visited them offshore in a couple of their different offices and maintain a great relationship with them now. And I have a couple of accommodation providers who one third of their bookings, forward bookings, is entirely from that wow. one customer. So, and that just came from, I think someone introduced me to them. Yeah. Just follow your leads, ask your mates. Yeah. 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 Awesome. And what kind of leads, as an RTO, what sort of leads do you come away from trends with? Well, I, so if I've done my research properly, I'll roughly know if I can find an itinerary online, what they'll be booking, but Mm -hmm. I'll also reach out to the ITO and go, who's contracted in the region? And some ITOs are more giving it, sharing it than (laughs) others, but generally I have a good success rate. And so then having looked at that information, I can look at that and off the top of my head go, oh, I would have thought given the type of traveler they have in the market they work in that, I don't know, secret spot, for Mm. example, would be a great fit. And so that will then become part of my core level with them at Trends and go, do you know about secret spot? And if they don't, I go, boy, have I got a deal for you? And I just quickly show. Mm. So the leads for me are then my follow-up. And I'm really pedantic with my Mm follow-ups. My follow-up then is to do an introduction to Secret Spot, which I call Tourism Tinder. So (laughs) my operators get emails all the time between me and his travel seller going, just playing Tourism Tinder here and and doing that networking piece and that linking. And I've got one thing I do need to get better at is go, well, what happened after that Tourism Tinder? And folks, as an RTO, it can be really hard to measure 
those results. But I did go back out to my operators recently and just say, look, have you had a fimmel as a result of that? Have you had, and I guess this kind of answers your question, but mm. you know, what as a result of the lead that I've bought you? And I was really humbled by the answer. One operator came back and said, you landed me $130,000 contract by a sales call you did wow. that's not necessarily trends but yeah. you know one person came back and said I've got 20 ITOs on the books and I had zero before engaging with the RTO so yeah. so those leads are the RTO doing the introduction hmm. to the operator and then the the travel seller basically so you're the millionaire tourism matchmaker millionaire yeah, yeah. yeah I like that yeah that's way better it, than tourism tinder yeah well there's the millionaire <laughs> matchmaker on tv but yeah. you're the tourism matchmaker well, I, so I'm actually didn't... quite good at matchmaking as well but that's a different podcast <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we'll do another show another day so, so sorry I think, yeah. I think of my role as I'm a bit of a broker it's my mm. it's my job to know all of the particularly in trade all of the trade ready product who wants to work with trade because mm-hmm. that's actually something else as well and help them to get there so that they can work with the inbound sector and then to go cool right what are you wanting to buy for your clients who's your client know what my operators are offering so at the drop of a hat I can open my mouth and I've got something ready to go on my person to mm. show that product and what the USPs are and how it might different from, differ from the competitors so yeah, there has to be a lot of product knowledge for me because if I haven't got that product knowledge, I can't match it up with what the buyer's looking for. Because mm. it's it's yeah, definitely. And so you're obviously looking to have a big presence at trends for your region. How do you work with new operators to encourage them to come to trends? What advice do you give them? How do you support them to get to trends? Well, I think the conversation first up is who's your ideal customer and getting quite granular on what kind of customer they want, what kind of markets they want to play in, and whilst not overwhelming them, also sharing with them the opportunity. <laughs> so if I pick an accommodation provider, for example, sitting around the farm table and talking with them and having a look at all of their marketing material and, and going, okay, so let's do, have we done a competitive analysis, a competitor analysis, mm-hmm. and then doing all of that, looking at the price point. Okay, you might want to play with an international market. Well, how are you doing that? And do you want to work with trade? Well, then you've got to explain what trade is. And so people don't even know that. Mm. So I've got a presentation kind of ready to go. I have to keep it really simple, walking them through what trade is and what the benefit is. Mm -hmm. And I've had to learn quite quickly that I start with, well, why work with trade? And the minute you say, well, if you want visitors from the United States, 70% of them will book through a travel agent. So it might be all well and good that you're doing amazing SEO and amazing social media. Mm. But hang on, that's only 30% of the people that might book the holiday themselves. So instantly that kind of goes the why. And so, yeah, there can be a lot of work around that. And of course, if they want to work with trade, then there's the whole Hallmark thing. And then there's the Tourism Export Council. But you just sit down and talk to them about the why and then hold their hand is probably the short answer Mm. to your question and I've got another operator who gave me a lovely box of chocolates and a bottle of wine and um, said you know 80% of our business is now trade Mm. and that has all come as a result of leads through the RTO but again we sat down and had a really clear conversation with what are you trying to achieve who's your ideal customer Mm -hmm. what do you want this business to look like and then we work backwards yep yeah. yeah. So we touched on it a little bit um, earlier, just in how you filter some of the information that you provide to the buyers that you're meeting with. But on a, as a general rule, how do you manage a 15 minute appointment when you've got so much product to present? 
do your research about that travel seller first. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how many times I hear people sitting down and the, the seller will say, tell me about your business. No, no, you should have worked that out before you got there. Yeah. And I think that's been covered in a previous podcast. So do your research, know who they are, um, know what their target markets are. You can find this all out on the Tourism Export Council website or through the RTO or through the ITO or whatever. Mm. There's a whole of acronyms. No, there are a lot of acronyms. <laughs> so do your research and be ready to hit the ground. And if I know who they contract... And I'm getting to the point now where I f- I'll know a lot of the itineraries already. Yeah. And then go, hey, I've got a couple of new bright, shiny toys. Do you know about this one? And they'll go, yeah. Okay, cool. Do you know about this one? And then we'll, they'll go, no. And I go, great. And I'll quickly go to my laptop. Or at the case of trends, I just walked the room. Mm-hmm. So if I think about a, an appointment I had with Delta Vacations, if I back up the bus a little bit, Carol, a fantastic appointment last year, had never been to Rotorua, probably didn't even really know where it was. And I said to her, oh, let's not look at the laptop. Let's just go for a walk. Yeah. And so I had, I don't know, 25 operators there. And so I started and she looked at me and I went, okay, let's set the scene. This is where Rotorua is. Yeah. And then you go, okay, so Rotorua offers an amazing array of multicultural activities. And I explain why, you know, how Māori first settled in Rotorua and why. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go, so examples of multicultural activities, and you can just kind of walk around and point them out. And so coming back to that example, it's not trying to cover everything. It's just a really big picture. Mm. So I think the goal for some people meeting with the RTO is we can do a kind of a once over lightly. So with Carol, I just sort of went, we have four cultural products and they're all different. We have four geothermal operators they're all here they're all very different so carol if you had a family i'd suggest this one if you had people that like hiking i'd suggest this one Mm -hmm. so know their level of knowledge first and that will then guide you the powers and the (laughs) follow-up yeah well i was going to say because there was something quite special that came out of that 15 minute appointment with carol do you want to tell us about that oh that was a real success for me actually i connected really well with um carol from delta vacations so delta obviously starting directly connectivity into auckland from la on the 28th of october not too far away nice and she said look you know we've had it was a great appointment and can see that it was going to be a really important destination you should come to Atlanta and meet the team. And so I followed up with Carol. So I've just come back from the States and reached out and said, these are the dates I'm going to be here. I'd love mm-hmm. to take you up on your offer. And long story short, the dates that I happened to be there was when there was a massive trade show in Minneapolis for all of the Delta vacation staff. So a thousand delegates roughly at a big trade event where they also do classrooms and lots of destination training. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very lucky that Tourism New Zealand was going to be there and Carol reached out to Tourism New Zealand and asked if I could go on the stand. So uh, I got to do that and directly get in front of, well, actually a whole, on one occasion spoke yeah. to a thousand people wow. with a microphone and a camera in my face. So that result, that came as a result of a 15 minute appointment. Yeah. But I'd done enough research to know that Delta was coming in and I knew that that would be a big appointment for me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So as you say, it is in all that preparation, but obviously the follow-up, you've indicated how important that Mm. is and what the benefits of of doing the follow-up. What are your tips for post-show in terms of how you follow up and what works? What's worked for you in the past? Well, this is possibly the most boring, but possibly the most helpful tip, I think. Mm. So I write my follow-up standard template email before I go to an event, whether it's a Kiwi link or a Trends, and I have it ready to go. So a follow-up from an RTO, of course, is going to be the whole kind of destination. So it's thanking them for their time, mm-hmm. that you really appreciate it, that so you have a, a spiel that can be tailored, right? Mm, yeah. And it's got a link to my presentation, the whole Rotorua presentation, 
or if I did something different, then I can edit it and upload a different one. I'll have a link to all of my trade resources mm -hmm. and I have that ready to go. And so generally within three to four days of finishing up an event like that, I will have done all of my follow-ups. And I famously walked out of Asia Kiwi Link last year and I'd done all of my follow-ups at every blank appointment and I walked out at the end of day two. And I set that, <laughs> I set that up not as a copy and paste, but as a quick part and outlook. Yep. Yep. And I, everyone I show that to goes, I didn't know you could do that. So lazy person hat. So do your follow-ups really quickly. Refer them to your database so that you get permission to email them again mm -hmm. and then keep talking to them. Yeah. And also follow up the ITO. Yes. So that has been something that I kind of, actually was a conversation with Ann Marshall at Pampac, put the lights on for that with me. So here's me as the RTO talking to actually some of her customers or PD's mm. customers or GT's mm -hmm. customers just go back and do a really quick bullet point email of, hey, I met some of your clients and by the way, I filled them in on this product. Yep. And actually I might not have filled you as the IT yeah. on this product. So can I do that while I'm here? Just so, I mean, ultimately you are talking to their clients. So yes. there's quite a big loop of people to keep involved. And when I get back from a sales call, I'll reach out to the ITOs and do the same thing. Trends is no different. Yeah, now that's really good advice. And that's one of the things when I'm talking to operators, if they ask, you know, should I go to trends? That's one of the first questions I actually ask is, have you got relationships with the ITOs? Because from my perspective, that's where you start. Like if you're 100%. new in the tourism journey and you want to work with the international travel trade, why wouldn't you talk to the inbound operators who are here in New Zealand, who are just down the road or in Auckland or depending on where you're based, but it's really easy to get access to them. And then obviously they can amplify your message. And once you're ready to go further, you can come to trends, but yes, yeah, keeping them in the loop. And, uh. the la and that would be a worst case, right? I talk about, I don't know, let's go back to the Airstream <laughs> at Pure Cruise yeah. and all the ITOs in Auckland go, what's that? We've already got these, we've got these customers offshore asking us if we can work it on the itinerary. Yeah. <laughs> what role? <laughs> and that, that's, you know, Matt's responsibility, but also mine. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we all work hand in hand with yeah. our RTOs, don't we? And generally speaking, the RTOs, well, unless you're a big operator, RTOs generally get into the international markets a lot more frequently mm. than the smaller operators. So, yeah, keep your RTO updated as well with all of your news. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Mm. You wouldn't be... You'd be surprised. We've got a. I like to think I've got a great relationship with my operators, but the number of times I find out that they've got a new product on social media makes me chuckle. But oh look, oh, we're not the most important people in the world. I understand that we fall <laughs> off the radar, but we shouldn't. No, well, I mean you are an extension of the marketing team. Well, I, I think I'm like a free resource for them. Yeah. Use and abuse me. Yeah, reason. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so we're coming to the end of it, Lou. But are there, what tips? Getting ready for trends. What tips do you give to your operators? I mean, we've ran over a whole lot last year, but is there anything in particular that you tell them that they absolutely need to do prior to getting to trends? I mean, we've talked about researching markets and understanding who you're going to be meeting with. What else is important? Really slick-looking presentation, mm -hmm. the delivery of the, the corridor that you're having with the customer, Knowing why you're different to the people down the road that might have a similar offering and being able to articulate that quite clearly. Mm -hmm. So, and coming back to that presentation, really good imagery. Mm. I get a bit shocked walking around a room and kind of looking left, right and centre on my way to my room and thinking, not necessarily, not of course the auto door operators, but yeah, you want really good quality images and maybe engage a graphic designer to put something really slick because even if you're not 
you might be having that conversation with the travel seller in front of you, but the conversation might be quite organic and you're talking. Well, if you're sending a follow-up presentation that's got typos and crap mm -hmm. imagery all through it, because again, the power's in that follow-up. Yeah. That's what they're going to look at. So that follow-up's got to be done timely and have all of the information and follow-up on the follow-up. Mm. It's not necessarily something I need to do as an RTO, um, but follow-up on follow-up. You know, it can take a long time to get an itinerary. So that perseverance and the professionalism that comes with it is really vital. Yes. So you do have to persevere with it. And that's one of the things I had a lot of people reach out to me. Well, a few people reach out to me last year and say, look, I did my follow up, but I haven't heard back from them. And I think there's got to be the empathy piece that you are one of many, many operators who is following up with them. Hopefully we're all doing our follow up and it takes time for them slow to get burn. back to you. And it is a slow burn. And it's not just meeting someone once. It's about following up. It's about going to see them. It's about offering training for their team. It's about offering them for meals and hosting their team if they're over in New Zealand and how can we facilitate that and yeah there's a whole lot more to it and exactly and I've been in a role I've been in this role for four years now and I'm just thinking about one inbound tour operator who I've been in contact with for four years since I started we've only just had them on for mill wow and it's taken four years to just do a for mill and of course they're delighted and, yeah you know we'll be front and center of all of their <laughs> their itineraries so yeah that was a really good reminder for me having them here so I completely relate to what you're talking about but don't underestimate the perseverance but also just the power of being professional but also just maintaining that relationship because you never know what might come out of it it mm. might not be the right product for them at that time but they might talk to another ITO because a lot of them are friends whilst they're competitors exactly and they might go hey did you hear about that little operator in Rotorua that's doing xyz that seemed to be quite cool it's not right mm. for us yeah so it's yep. a small industry. It's a very small industry. And it's not even because they move around as well. And mm. so do we in the industry. So No, I was fresh blood. You were fresh blood. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? A lot, of, a lot of people do move right. around. So you never know. Like I've always said, don't burn your bridges. I've worked with people who've then become customers. Then I've jumped the fence and I've become their customer. And then all of a sudden they're assessing me as a qualmark assessor and like you know it's a full circle how people move around the industry and yeah you always want to stay in touch and, and keep those relationships nicely said yeah yeah done so what are you most looking forward to about trends in wellington i am looking forward to hopefully it being a little bit easier based on lessons learned this year i think my hair just about fell out i know what to expect now so i'll be doing a little bit more planning in advance mm -hmm. hopefully having more rotor operators there mm -hmm. what's your goal for next year um, 30 mm -hmm. yeah have the most operators there of any region nice right? okay put that yeah. out to the universe there we go that's a challenge for every other RTI <laughs> listen again <laughs> and look I think just it might sound so cheesy but just really I think people once they come to Rotorua if hasn't been front and center of the itinerary or they haven't been there for a while seeing them delight in the variety and the diversity of the experiences that we've got and at the end of the day the reason we do this is we're all in the business of creating amazing memories. And I think once we get the sellers to Rotorua or they're in the room and they're meeting with people at Trends, they realise the beautiful monarchy that we have in Rotorua. So, yeah, the opportunities all start from there. So, no, it'll be brilliant. In fact, I just booked my flights and my accommodation. So Perfect. I must be getting excited. Yes, well, I, I think I'll drive down, but I have booked accommodation. I booked accommodation actually when they first announced, it was literally the day they announced oh. Trends was going to Wellington. So well, I jumped on when, and booked it when at Tech, when Stu got up and announced where Tech was going oh, to yes. be, I got on Booking.com straight away and booked my accommodation. Perfect. First one to book, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> 
nothing like being organized well thank you Lou for joining me and anything else that you want to pass on about trends before we go any other look it's a it's a big cost and I'm totally not immune to the fact that we're a country particularly in tourism made up of SMEs you know mum and dad operators but if you want to play in the trade space, it's absolutely the best place to be. And shout out to you, to the RTOs. Talk to them. Get guidance from them. Talk to people down the road that might be your competitors to find out what successes they've had. But I would absolutely say, unless you're there, you miss out on the opportunity. Mm. And so while it looks like a big amount of money at the start, the potential return on that investment might not be immediate, but it mm. might be next year or in eight years, will absolutely be there. So don't underestimate the importance. And if you can't afford to go, could you pony up with a, someone else down the road who can't afford to go? You know, we had two operators that shared a booth this year and that worked really well mm, and did yeah. a dual appointment stream. Yeah. So, and that was my idea. I didn't actually know you could do that, but that worked out. Well, I think there was a new thing last year that TIA brought in, which was great because you know, we were able to encourage some of those smaller operators who couldn't quite get across the line for a full booth to be there. Well, thank you for joining me and thank, thank you for you. joining me in studio. And um, we'll go and pour that gin now. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I thought <laughs> I was going to have to ask. <laughs> Well, until next week, listeners, we'll see you back here next Wednesday with another great guest lined up. See you then. Have a great week. Ka kite.